you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those some bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy out pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, I the time and I don't have time for this and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. And he kill it while you sitting down Bitch about how I triple my fan base Networks bench Can't say that's worse What's going on? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast I am your host, Fitness Informant Founder, CEO, Ryan Buckeye This episode featuring the... What would you call him? I guess you'd call him an OG You'd call him a legend You'd call him respected John Meadows joins me for today's podcast And John is a man who has accomplished so much within the world of fitness, within the world of sports nutrition, within the world of nutrition in general. And John has a YouTube channel with over 200,000 subscribers, friends in the business like Jay Cutler and so many more, and he's very well respected by so many. What's funny is there's a connection with John and I, not because I work with Dietary Supplements and his brand Grant Supplements is a brand that we're probably going to work with here at Fitness Informant, but he was the coach to Adam Besick, who has been on this podcast here before. And Adam and I, uh, we go way back, obviously. We are friends, and uh, obviously we'll have some news here to share with you during this week's Pumped Up segment of the week. But John Meadows was a guy I wanted to get on the podcast for a long time because he brings a plethora of information. The dude's a walking encyclopedia inside the world of fitness. And anybody who you talk to who looks at this guy respects him, and they should. Because he is intelligent, he is wise, he provides really good advice, and he really does want what's best for you. Whether you sign up with him as him being your mentor or a coach, or maybe you're buying granite supplements, John really does have your best intentions in front of everything else. So it was great to speak with John. And, you know, I asked John a question on the podcast today What do you want your legacy to be? And his answer may surprise you. It may not. Those of you who know John probably will be like, you know what, that's a John answer, typical John answer. But those who don't know John might be a little bit surprised by his answer. So I'm excited for you all to get over to the podcast today featuring John Meadows. Uh, again, just it's, it, I, I find myself pinching myself every now and then. It's like I'm actually having conversations with these people. I'm not fanboying by any means. But how did I get here? You know, I, I think it's been a year, a little over a year since we started this podcast. FI has been in business for two and a half years, almost three come October. How did I get here? How do I get guys like John Meadows and guys like Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman on a podcast? How can I pick up my cell phone and text and have a conversation with any one of these guys? It's truly humbling. It's truly amazing. And I'm grateful John took the time out of his extremely busy schedule to come on this podcast and have a great conversation with me. This week's Pumped Up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's award-winning Vasoblitz Blitz Pump Igniter. Not only is Vasoblitz Blitz the winner of our 2018 Shield of Excellence Supplement Award for the best pump product, it is also the first nitrate formula fully disclosed with 30 servings, not scoops. 
When VasoBlitz is consumed daily, even on your off days, it will last you a full month. All this for only $34.99. And as a special offer to our listening audience, use coupon code INFORMANT and save 15%. If you have not seen the news or heard the news or you've been living under a rock, we announced a bombshell statement last week via our social media that we are filming a documentary. That's right. The documentary is going to be called Driven, The Journey to Center Stage, featuring me and my coaches, Adam Besick, who I mentioned earlier in the show, and Mike Gritty, as I am on the quest to be the best in my first ever competitive bodybuilding show. We are going to be filming for 11 months, you know, 10, 11 months of content on what it takes to be ready and to step on stage for the very first time. I'm 32 years of age. I've never competed. And people tell me all the time, you have no right to speak about competitions and people who compete if you don't do it yourself. Well, that's not why I'm doing this. Listen, I've had this idea for over two years. I've wanted to film the process, the journey, because there are so many people who get into this competitive bodybuilding world for the wrong reasons. So that begs the question, why are you doing it, Ryan? Are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for publicity? Is this, a, is this a stunt? No. I'm a competitor. I like to compete. I like to be the best at what I do. And year-round, I keep my body fat at about 10.5%. I'm at 205 to 210 pounds. I am ready to step on stage and prove to the world that I am going to be the absolute best in the light heavyweight division of the MPC. And I do that in spring. Now, we're going to be start filming. We've already started filming for the documentary, and it's going to film uh, through my show. My show right now is going to be either April or May, and the idea behind that is, A, it gives me enough time to prep and get ready, but also the idea is if I finish first, second, or third, I believe, that I can go on to junior nationals in Chicago in June. Now, if I do a show in April or May, that means the time frame to maintain that level of conditioning and that level of training is, is shortened by a lot. Versus doing a show in October, November, and then qualifying, and then having to re-prep for Junior Nationals. Now, will I make Junior Nationals? Yes, I believe I will. I believe I have the desire, the dedication, the determination, the commitment to the cause to do it. And I'm stoked about this. And what I'm also stoked about and pumped up about is the title sponsor to Driven the Documentary. We are working with one brand, and this brand will be the brand that I use their supplements to help me achieve that next level of greatness as it comes to the stage. And if you have not seen or heard this news yet, we are partnering with the brand, one of my favorite brands of all time, a brand that I used before starting Fitness Informant, Nutribio. And I have a great relationship with their CEO, Mark Laser. He was just on the podcast last week, and it was a great fit. Nutribio not only has some of the top quality supplements on the planet that's going to provide me that 5 to 10% extra boost I need to perform at my absolute best in the gym and outside the gym. They also have general health supplementations like multivitamins and single ingredient SKUs or products because there are going to be supplements that I need to take outside of just a pre-workout, an intra-workout, and a protein. Nutribio offers that. Nutribio offers quality, transparency, which is exactly what this documentary is going to be. It's going to be a transparent documentary. You're going to see the inner workings of the world of bodybuilding. You're going to see everything behind the scenes in my life. You are going to see people closest to me on camera talking to you all about me, about my prep. And some of the stuff that they say about me may not be pretty, depending on if I'm an asshole or not during this prep situation. 
Now, again, I've never done a competition. I've done a photo shoot, so I've done a, a prep for that, which is similar, maybe not as extreme. But I'm excited about the process because I've always said, fall in love with the process, not this perception of perfection. Listen, when I step on stage in spring, I'm not going to be perfect, Mm-mm, not by a long shot. But if I don't dedicate myself to the process, then I'm not going to give myself a shot come spring to even do my best. And I will not. I refuse to step on stage if I am not at my absolute best that day. There's going to be no excuses, zero fucks to give. I'm excited. Nutribio is along for the ride. It is going to be a six to eight part episodic YouTube documentary series, about 12 to 15 minutes in length in each episode. It's going to literally walk you through my journey with the culmination of being, being uh, you know, on stage and how I place and how that looks. So I'm pumped up about this because it's, a, it's an opportunity for me to be my best. It's an opportunity to showcase and educate everybody on the Nutribio products that I'm going to be using during prep. But it's also an opportunity to show you, the entire people out there, the world, what it's like to be a competitive bodybuilder, especially if you're considering doing it. If you're considering stepping on stage for maybe the very first time, this documentary is going to give you a look on really what it takes. What are the costs involved? What are the sacrifices you need to make? If you're a loved one of somebody competing, you're going to see exactly how it impacts my loved ones in my life. Because people should be educated. They should be informed on these things as they go into these decisions. And we are more than a supplement review platform. You goddamn right we are. We are an all-encompassing fitness and nutrition platform, and we will give you the full, honest, 100% transparent look inside the workings of everything and anything that we talk about here at Fitness Informant. So I'm pumped up about that, and you should be pumped up about that too. This week's Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by the Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven, clinically dosed, all natural ingredients. With a blatant disregard for profit margins, the Genius Brand focuses on creating innovative, industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplements smarter today. Check out full reviews on the Genius Brand at fitnessinformant.com. Listen, we just published an article maybe two weeks ago on carbohydrate timing around your workout, pre, intra, and post-workout. And albeit everybody out there seems to be promoting this, this whole concept of eating gummy bears and Sour Patch Kids and Skittles pre, intra, and post-workout. Hell, I've eaten Skittles pre-workout before because it's the only carb source that I had handy at the time. But that's not the ideal carb source. Yes, you want a simple carbohydrate, something that is digested and ingested quickly so it can aid in restoring glycogen stores or making sure that you have a full glycogen tank as you go into the, the gym. But you want something that's on the lower GI scale. So something like Skittles and and gummy bears are going to spike insulin response, which then is going to lead to a crash. And we had Dr. Jeff Galini do a video on this. And he said, you know what? Here's what you do. Give kids a bunch of candy and see what happens. They are laying down one to take a nap 10 minutes after eating that because they crash. Same thing with adults. Okay? We crash. So if you're going to use a carbohydrate source pre-intra or post-workout, which I recommend, Look for something like, you know, cluster dextrin, something of a high quality, a carb 10, something along those lines that is going to be a simple carbohydrate, but lower on the GI index, meaning that it's not going to spike insulin response and you shouldn't have the crash. If all you have handy is Skittles or gummy bears, okay, that makes sense if you need them, but try to have a quality carb supplement on hand. That is going to be your absolute best bet. 
All right, I'm going to lock this up and head over to John Meadows, the OG, the man that I well respect, the man who was the coach to now my coach, Adam Besick, and the man that uh, you know I look forward to following on YouTube and social media channels because he's so educated and so well-versed in the world of fitness and nutrition. It is truly an honor to have the opportunity to speak to these people, and it was a truly an honor to sit down and have this conversation with the man, John Meadows. The BAR, Breakfast at the Ready, is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates with five of them coming from sugar and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day. The BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder, you will see better pumps, you will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. Things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast across the screen if you're watching via YouTube. He's a legend. Straight up, he is. And he hears it all the time. It's John Meadows, the man. Like, you're a brilliant, brilliant individual, not just in fitness and nutrition, but just so many people look up to you, John. Rewind back to when you were 13 in your first bodybuilding competition, and you had dreams and aspirations of being in this world, and where you're at today, and how many people look up to you and respect you. Like, was this ever in your imagination on, on what you were going to accomplish in this business? Oh, man, that is one of the best questions I've ever had. Um, first of all, I'm not brilliant. I've just done this a long time and picked up some things along the way. <laughs> um, 
when I was 12 years old, I lived in this little town. It's called Washington Courthouse. And um, they had an NPC bodybuilding show. And I didn't really know what that was, but I was already really into bodybuilding. And I found in either Flex or Muscle and Fitness magazine, the they used to, in the back of the magazine, they had the schedule where the shows were. Mm-hmm. And I saw a show at um, a high school that was pretty close to where I lived. So I was like, I'm going to find somebody to take me there. I want to see this because I was already reading about uh, Lee Haney and Tom Platts and Sergio Oliva and all those guys. So I went to the show and it was amazing. I loved it. Um, I still remember the guy who won. It was actually a 20 year old kid. He won the men's middleweight and he won the overall. He was just awesome condition. And I remember there was a guest poser there. His name was Tony. Oh, he was from West Virginia. He had got second in the junior nationals as a lightweight. Um, and I actually, actually had some pictures taken with him and he looked gigantic next mm-hmm. to me. And looking back, he was a lightweight. So, um, but he looked so big to me at the time. Um, and he was phenomenal. He actually went there to compete and they said, you're so good. Just guest pose. But that was the first show I saw. And I was immediately like, yeah, I, I love the sport. I knew I loved the sport, but now I love it even more. So literally right after that show, I started looking for a competition to get into. And back then, teenage bodybuilding was actually really popular. Sure. Um, and a lot of the shows had you had to be uh, they had a you had to be 17. It was a 17 to 18 year old class. But there were some shows that had a 13 to 17 class in an 18 to 19 class and the winners of each class would then go for the teenage overall. So all of a sudden these shows started coming up with this 13 to 17 age class. So I was ecstatic. So I was literally waiting to turn 13. <laughs> and when I turned 13, I started competing. Uh, I was in, you know, uh, several shows at age 13 to 14. I got last place in every one of them, but I really enjoyed it. I loved it. And I was just kind of hooked from there. Sure. What's interesting is, bodybuilding when you were 13, 14, I don't know if people saw it as maybe taboo or, or what people were doing then, but even today in like 2019, there are a lot of people that don't fully understand the sport of bodybuilding, specifically competing. Not many people understand what, what we do to our bodies to get to that point. Rewind back then. Your, your parents were supportive, oh, yeah. right? But like, did they, did they understand why you wanted to do this? Well, um, I, I didn't have a mom or dad. I had a grandmother to raise me. Okay. And I had one of those grandmothers that was just like, she just loved everybody in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So she didn't care what I wanted to do. As long as it was legal, she didn't care, which is kind of interesting where bodybuilding is. Right. But um, my grandmother was very supportive. And she was just like, you know, I don't necessarily understand it. But it was interesting because she was a cook in a restaurant. And um, sometimes they would um, – they'd have to throw away their food um, after they, if they didn't sell it by a certain day. Right. So she was, you know, sometimes she had access to these chicken breasts that tasted terrible, by the way. But <laughs> but I ate them because I thought you had to eat plain chicken breasts. But she would bring me home food. And I remember when I was trying to gain weight, I always tell a story how she'd bring me home a whole cherry pie and I'd eat the whole cherry pie at night. But um, I wouldn't say it was taboo, but I would, I, but I would say it wasn't really looked up upon back then. I remember... I remember the kids in high school all saying that looks gross, that looks terrible. Um, I remember um, the adults in the gym, they were the ones that was like, no, this is cool, man. This is great. There was, I was in a small town, but there were three gyms and uh, two of the gyms wouldn't let me in because I was too young. They said I was afraid I'd hurt myself, but there was one gym, there was a lady 
her name was Julia, I remember. Um, and she let me in the gym. She was like, just be careful. Don't hurt yourself. So I remember going into the gym and I remember the, the guys, man, like, okay, these people get it. Like they're in here. They love working out. They get it. So I had, um, I had support really like, you know, like ever the people outside the gym didn't really care for it. Um, they just thought it was weird and it was gross looking and all that, which I think is probably pretty similar to how it is today. Sure. Right. Yeah. People think it's gross and it looks weird. Um, but I always felt like I didn't really care what other people thought. Mm -hmm. I've, I've always kind of lived my life that way. Like I do care, but I don't care. Right. I do care because I run a business and your opinion obviously means something to me, but I don't care so much that I'm going to let what I want to let that dictate what I want to do in my life. You know, what's you know what I mean? Yeah. What's fascinating is obviously then you didn't have access to the internet and all this, the plethora of information, good or bad that we have today. Yeah. Where did you get your information? I mean, at 13 magazines obviously was good, but did you have a mentor, somebody that kind of made a plan for you? Because now you're making plans for people on a reg on a regular basis. Like you're, you're the guy that people look up to, but where did you get your information then? Straight magazines. That's all we had. It was muscle and fitness and they had a kinesiology section um, you know, with the, the muscle groups, like if somebody's done a lat pull down, the lats would be collared a certain collar and the Terry's muscles and all this stuff. So the kinesiology section was actually my favorite section. That was the first thing I opened up to every, every month. Mm -hmm. Um, I opened up to that section and that's how I started to learn what muscle origins and insertions were and nerve innervations and muscle action and all they, and I was obsessed with that stuff when I was 13 years old. And I remember when I was in high school, man, I, I had a really good grip on anatomy when I was in high school. I could tell you all the hamstring muscles and all the muscles, the extensors and flexors in your forearms, I remember. And um, I remember it was kind of bizarre. Like people would be – I'd be like, oh, you know, let's hit this, this, and this. And they'd be like, what? Mm -hmm. But um, I – and, you know, the training, um, what I would do probably like most youngsters is I would just look at the routine that was in a magazine. I would just do it. Yeah. So whatever Lee Haney was doing for his back, you know, pull downs and rows and whatever, you know, Tom Plass was doing for his legs, you know, his hack squats, his leg extensions, his squats, whatever they were doing is just what I did. I, I just figured if that's what the magazines are telling me to do, that's what I'll do. Of course, the same thing with the diet. And then as I started competing, then you start to kind of meet people in the gym, you know, um, that kind of gives you some tips. Hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Have you thought about eating this? Have you thought about eating that? So the only real sources of information I had was the, the magazines was number mm -hmm. one. And number two, there were some people in the gyms that were knowledgeable. There was one guy who was, uh, lived in our town that was a judge and he was a chiropractor and I would run into him and he would have some things. Hey, John, you might want to do this for your calves. You might want to do that. But I would say 80% of it when I was that young was straight magazines. It's interesting because now we have obviously the internet, but Instagram is, is huge. People turn to Instagram and I kind of want to get to your opinion on this because you're very well respected. Everybody becomes or wants to be Insta famous or Instagram famous or everybody's an expert on Instagram. Um, the social media's impact on the world of fitness in your opinion, positive, negative, and different. Oh boy. Um, I think it's a lot of both. The, the nice thing is, is, um, guys like me, we now have the ability to reach hundreds of thousands of mm -hmm. people and we've never had that before. So now you have this opportunity to not only to reach people, but you actually can make a living off this stuff. Right. You know, tell people, I get young guys all the time and say, Hey man, I want to be where you're at. And I go, well, you know, the first 25 years I didn't make a dime off this sport. It was just money going out. There mm -hmm. was, 
there was nothing coming in. So with social media, I'm grateful. Um, I don't know if you know my background now, but I worked uh, in the corporate world for many, many years sure. at, a, at a bank. And I would have never had, I mean, for me to just leave a VP job, a really good job at a bank, I would never have had that opportunity before. But social media has given us the opportunity. So it's something that's a definite blessing. Um, the, the bad part of it is, um, the part that I have a problem with, it's not even so much the bad information. Like I think, I don't think people know, like I'm going to just, I don't think people think in their head, I'm going to give everybody bad information. I, I they just don't know, right? They're, they think what they're doing is right. Some cases you get people that just straight copy, uh, other people. But the problem I have is, is it's a little deeper than that. The problem I have is I, I always loved bodybuilding. I loved it. I still love it. And the discouraging part to me is I pe see people get in the sport and they don't do it because they love it. It's just, hey, here's an opportunity for me to, uh, you know, to feel good about myself because I have all these followers and likes. And people even craft their social media around how many likes they get. Oh, yeah. Like people tell me all the time, why are you put those family pictures up? They don't get many likes. I don't care. I could care less. That's part of me. I like sharing. I like connecting with people. Um, and my family is a very important part of my life. So if I get uh, X amount of likes on a picture with me doing a most muscular pose, that's a lot more than a family picture. I don't care. Right. But I think people, they get into the social media part. I just, for the wrong reasons in my, in my mind. And, you know, it is what it is. But I always say that if you shut off Instagram, then you half the people competing would just quit. Like they would disappear. Right. So for me, it's a little more personal. I just I just get um, disappointed that people do it for the wrong reasons, and um, right or wrong, you know, we're none of us know everything. I don't know everything. Mm. I'm still studying all the time. I'm trying to learn as best I can learn. Um, I I look back at what I thought. I was doing a video this morning about how I used to think about side lateral raises. Sure. And we were always taught that we had to do them, you know, with our hand going up like this, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. This. So I had um, my doctor taught me how to do a, a raise where I pulled back like this. And I remember at the time thinking, no, 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 that's not how you do it. Now I understand a little better the function of the shoulder. And hey, actually, that is a viable thing. So, you know, we, none of us know everything. Um, so I'm not the guy that goes around saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, who knows? But what I do know, that I do know a lot of people are in it for the wrong reasons with social media and unfortunately, they do get a lot of the following. But my my opinion is I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to try to connect with people. I'm going to have fun, uh, maybe try to educate along the way. But um, I don't get really wrapped up in that other stuff. I, I guess I see more of the positive than the negative because of the ability I have now to make a very good living that I didn't have before, right. you know, in the sport anyway. It's a good, good point, too, because, I mean – one thing that we talk about is at what point do you monetize your business model or monetize your expertise in an area and you have a very, very large following, over 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, to leave a corporate America job, especially in a VP role, a C-suite level role, like what did it take? Was it a leap of faith for you or how did you make that final decision to, to leave that to pursue this, your passion? Oh, yeah, man. It was very calculated. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm the guy that plans for the disaster, mm -hmm. like when the world's going to end. So I plan everything, uh, which which makes sense why I was a good employee at the bank, because that's kind of, you know, this I had this risk mitigation built into my mindset. So for me, um, I look at what are the what's the opportunity 
and what's the risk that I'm taking. So for me, I had to look at what's the opportunity if I leave the bank and I go into this industry. Well, the biggest opportunity was spending the whole day doing something I love uh, and potentially making more money. But the main thing was was quality of life, being able to spend more time with my family because I can work from home. And then the risk was, okay, what if you do this and you don't get many clients? What if people don't like what you have to say? Um, you know, how are you going to pay your house bill? How are you going to, you know, what are you going to do about insurance? So the risk was all financial mm -hmm. for me. Like that was it. It was straight financial. So I had to understand, um, I just talked with Fouad about this on his podcast. So I had to really understand what was holding me back. And for me personally, it was the t being able to take care of my family and provide a roof over their head. Like, like that's your number one need as a human being, you know, that you see that on Maslow's hierarchy. You know, mm -hmm. the number one thing is you got to have food and shelter and so forth. So I, I, I take a lot of pride in um, being able to take care of my family as most males do. Like that's built into our mindset. We right. want to take care of our family. So for me, it was I got to pay the house off. Like for me to quit this job, I got to pay the house off because then I know my family's going to have a roof over their head. So what I did was I um, I was I was still training people at the time. I had built my website. I was I was um, saving money very aggressively. I was living well well below my means, so I could save a lot of money. And at the time, I remember I owed one hundred and ninety eight thousand dollars on my mortgage. That's how much I left on it. And I saved. And when my when my uh, savings hit two hundred thousand. I went to the bank. I wild. I wired Wells Fargo $198,000. I walked out of the bank with $2,000 in my name. That's all I had, but my house was paid off. Yeah. So I just felt like, wow, my house is paid off. And I didn't have any credit card bills. I didn't have any car bills. I didn't have any student loans. So the only bill I had was a house payment, and I paid it off. So I figure, okay, even if things go bad now, like literally, the only income I need is to pay for my water bill, my cable bill, my gas, right. my electric, and I think I'll make it. So that's what it took for me. Um, I, but I was very calculated. I wanted to understand, I just, in my mind, that's what was holding me back. So that, that's what I did. And when I did that, I walked into the bank, I resigned and I worked my notice that I put in, which was 30 days, which is extremely rare in the banking industry. You know, usually when you resign at a bank, they walk you out the door. They're like, okay, you're right. out of here. But I worked all 30 days. Most people put in a two-week notice and they walk them out. I worked all 30 days. And then, you know, what was funny was like later on, I thought, man, I, why was I so worried about it? Because I did really well at the bank. Like I could have always just went back. Mm -hmm. Like if things didn't go well, I could have just went back to the bank. But I, I, for some reason, that part had kind of slipped my mind. But, um, but anyways, that's what it took for me. So that's what I did and that's how I made that decision. It's interesting. You and I kind of have the same little story. Like I left corporate America back in March. I had a brand manager job with General Mills, which is a company I want to talk about because you're, one of your passions is, is nutrition. And people's perception of nutrition nowadays are being highly influenced by companies like I used to work for. Basically putting out – feeding into these diets. You can call them fad diets. You can call them what you want. But th something like the ketogenic diet has been around for, for ages. It's the yeah. way it's being marketed today that is – misconstruing what it actually is. So I want to kind of European on these big time whole 30 keto paleo that consumers think they understand based on consumer packaged goods, putting products out into the market versus what they actually are and what you teach. Because on your site, you talk about how you come from a, from a side of fact, not fiction. So some of your methodologies 
people may not understand or agree with, but you are rooted in, in a ton of research. So I, I know you see it all in terms of like these different diets and nutrition plans that are out there. Like, is it getting out of hand? Well, I don't have a problem with all kinds of different nutrition plans. What I have a problem with is people saying like, this is the best diet mm-hmm. or this is like, this is the miracle diet. That's what I have a problem with. Like I have friends that have keto diets and they like them, they enjoy them and they do great. So who am I to tell them that diet, that diet's terrible. Right. Why are you following that? Well, you feel great. Your health markers are great. Now, would I do well on a keto diet? Absolutely not. Yeah. I absolutely would not. And I've tried it and I absolutely hate it. But I do know that we don't all have the same physiology, right? So for me to say this diet's perfect, this was not, really the fact is it just boils down to what you can actually follow. The problem with a lot of the keto diets, for example, is they just they just aren't sustainable long-term. Right. Like people can't go low carb long-term in today's society. Like how are you going to function? How are you going to, how are you going to, what are you going to do when you got to eat? Some people can, and that's good for them, but I don't have any, like I'm not a high fat, low fat. I mean, I'm a kind of a balanced guy. First of all, let's start off with, okay, you need essential fatty acids. They're, they're called essential for a reason. You need protein. You have to have it, or guess what? You'll die. Like you need vitamins and minerals, you know, like let's start right there. Get all the things that you need. And then if you want your diet to be a little bit more fat and a little lower in carbs or a little bit higher in carbs and lower in fat, as long as you meet those, I don't think it really matters, honestly. I think it's overblown. I think people are just trying to sell stuff. Yeah. Um, is really what it boils down to. Um, so I, I just think it's silly how the diets are portrayed as some kind of miracle diet. Like if it, if it works for you, fantastic. Right. Go for it. If you love the Mediterranean diet, if you love the keto diet, if you love the zone diet, whatever it is, if it works for you and you're meeting all your requirements to be healthy, that's fantastic. But the other side of it is people don't talk about how sustainable it is. Can you actually, like for me, could I live without pancakes? Probably not. Yeah, who right? could? Those are an essential. Those are an essential part of my diet. Right. So um, that's, I mean, that's kind of the 10,000 foot view of how yeah. I see diets these days. Well, it's like the best diet is the one that you can adhere to, right? I mean, it's kind of how we, you know, the one that you can adhere to and actually see results with and live fine with is probably the best diet for you. And what I like about you, John, is, is you're, I think we can agree on this. Like we talk about what makes a good coach, a great coach. And I've always said listening, like your listening skills have to be one of your top priorities as a coach, because you need to listen to your clients to understand what their wants and needs and desires are before you formulate a plan of attack. There are a lot of coaches out there that will basically say, well, this worked for so-and-so, so here you do this. What's your, what's your approach when you bring on a new client or you bring on somebody into your program and you want to improve their life through your expertise and, and your experience? Well, it's really simple, honestly. Um, I have a very detailed questionnaire that I give to people, and there's basic stuff in there like, what are you allergic to, right? Yeah. If you're allergic to something, important. probably not going to put it in your plan. Yeah. But I ask people, like, what do you like? What do you not like? Um, if you hate fish, how sustainable is it for me to put fish in your diet? Mm-hmm. You're probably not going to follow it. Um, so I like to understand what foods people like, what they don't like. Uh, I like to understand, like, all the, you know, the, the I guess, the medical stuff. Are you allergic to anything? Do you have food insensitivities and things like that? You know, do you have certain foods that cause, I don't know, upset stomach, whatever. Right. Um, but I... Try to understand that, and then you build a plan that allows them to eat what they like. Now, if they give you 
a questionnaire and it says I like Big Macs and French fries. Okay, yeah. now we got some issues. That's but that's not generally what I get. I'm, right. I'm coaching people who are beyond that. So I try to build formulas or I try to build plans with things that people like. I try to avoid things that people don't like. Start there, get them comfortable with everything. Um, and I think like when you start a plan with somebody. I think people get a little bit too wrapped up in starting with the perfect plan. Like I'll, I'll talk to people and they'll say, well, it's 3,200 calories to start, but I think it maybe should be 3,300. And I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm like, look, just start. Yeah. The magic is going to be in the adjustments that you provide as you go along. The mm -hmm. starting plan is nothing but a starting plan. The starting plan may be in place for a week or two weeks and then it changes anyway. Right. So I just tell people just get in the ball game. Let's get started. And then we'll adjust as we go. But um, so my approach, and, and I typically use a 90-10 approach. So 90% of the diet and the meal plan is going to be um, good, wholesome, clean foods. And 10% is going to be anything goes. Like I have two donuts every Sunday with my kids. That's part of my 10%. Mm -hmm. So if somebody, if a, say a lady says, I love chocolate, I got to have chocolate. Like for me to tell her, no, no more chocolate the rest of your life. Yeah. That's kind of silly, right? So what I may say is, okay, what's a good setting for you to have chocolate in? Well, I'd love to have it ideally as a part of dessert when we go out to eat on Saturday. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Let's yep. build that into your plan. So um, because I think, you know, there's here's, here's one thing I'll share with you that drives me crazy about food. And it's um, people that always talk about food is nothing more than fuel. Like that's all it is. It's just fuel. It's just calories. But Food is much more than that. It's a social, like, look at different cultures. Mm -hmm. Look at the Hispanic culture. Look at the Italian cultures. People get together, they eat food. Like, that's part of of, of connecting with each other right. as a family, sitting down together. And I, I don't like to take that away from people. I like for them to, like, food is more than that. Food is, it's like an event sometimes, you know, when you sit down and eat with your family. It's, it's much more important than just, oh, it's just fuel. Yeah, maybe for you, if you don't have no life or you yeah. don't care about what's going on around you, but it's, it's more than fuel. So that's kind of one of my pet peeves when I hear people talking about food is nothing more than fuel. Well, then you've got a pretty boring life. Yeah, right. <laughs> production as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, leaving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. 
After months of testing and formulations, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. What do you, I mean, you're obviously passionate about nutrition. You love doing meal plans and stuff, but the, you know, constructing a kind of workout plan for people and, and you're different, like you have eBooks on your website and you have downloadable plans and purchase, you have plans available for purchase. Like, do you, do you enjoy everything equally? Do you have emphasis on one aspect of what you do versus the other? The training part's always my favorite. Um, I enjoy doing training plans, like all those things you see on my website, um, most of them I did myself, uh, here in the last couple of years, I've built them without doing all of it myself. But like, if you looked at my first 15 programs I sold, I, like I actually did those. Mm -hmm. And what I did was, um, sometimes it was pretty cool. Like when I was getting ready for the team universe, that's where I got my pro card. Like I would tell people, this is what I'm doing for the team universe, you know, join me. Or when I did the Arnold classic, it was the same way. Right. But, um, you know, and then I started to like, initially, I just wanted to share with people what I was doing. Is it a perfect match for everybody? No, but there is no perfect program for everybody. But what I did was I wanted people to see the concepts of how I set up the workouts. Then you can, if you don't have this machine, you can do something else. If you, you know, so there was, there's a way for you to kind of adjust them. And then I started thinking about all the different scenarios. What about people that have weak legs? What about people that have a weak back? So I kept building programs that address different issues. Yeah. So now, you know, people will come to me and they'll say, can you build me a program just for me? And I'll say, well, what do you mean? What, what do you want to work on? They'll say, well, I want to work on my legs. They're behind. And I'll say, yeah, I've got several programs that focus on legs. And they'll say, well, but is it for me? It's built for people with poor legs. So, mm -hmm. I mean – it, it took me about 40 hours to build each one of my programs. Like I, I sit down and it takes me about 40 hours. I can't take 40 hours to build a program for every single person out there. But what I, but what I do have is I got about 90% of it. Mm -hmm. So if you have like, say, you know, there's a machine in my plan that you don't have, then let me know. Mm -hmm. We'll make an adjustment. We'll do something else. So there's, there's always a little bit of uh, adjustment that you have to do. You know, if the volume is too much for you or not enough for you, let me know. We'll make some adjustments. If you need an extra day of rest or if you feel you're getting too much rest, let me know. We'll make some adjustments. But 90% of the meat and potatoes is built for you. So that's the part I really love. I really love training. Um, I love reading about training. Uh, I love trying different things. I'm always kind of an experimenter at heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that part, like ever since it, I was like I was telling you when I was going through the magazines when I was 12 years old, that feeling has never really left. It's still there, just like when I was 12 years old. Right. We talked earlier about social media's impact on fitness and, and how we perceive it today. In the world of bodybuilding, obviously you love the sport. I love the sport. A lot of stuff recently in the headlines in terms of things that are coming out. Um, when you're coaching people with high potential, do you ever have any of those like life conversations with them in terms of like, what to stay away from, or is that you just let that be on them? Well, it's interesting. Like if you look at the people that I've worked with over the last few, you know, few years, 
you'll see people that are very high character people. Mm. And that's not by accident. You know, you look at the guys like Josh Wade, I work with now, very high character guy. I used to work with Mark Dugdale, very high character guy, awesome guy. Ken Jackson, Fawad, all these people um, are really good character guys. And I seem to attract more people like that sure. than the opposite. Um, I do do mentoring with a lot of my clients. I don't really talk about that because I, I just don't. But um, I've done a lot of mentoring recently with some females. And um, in particular, I just, you know, it can be anything from business or it could be it could be something as how, how are you going to impact other people? Do you want to leave a legacy? Well, how do we do that? You know, what do you do if you want to be in that kind of situation? So I definitely do have a lot of conversations with like that. It's probably atypical from people in my position. I think most people in my position are probably just more about chicken and rice and lifting weights. But um, I'm trying to do a little bit more than that. And. You know, um, not with everybody, but with most of the people I work with, they'll look back and I think they would tell you, I learned a lot about, I learned a lot from John, not just from the coaching's perspective on training and nutrition, but also about life. Mm -hmm. And I like that. That makes me feel good. I certainly wouldn't say everybody would say that about working with me, but I think a lot of people would, would say that. Yeah. Um, and, um, uh, that's important to me. It's important to me. And you get to my age, man, I'm 47. Um, I do care about leaving a legacy. Like it is important to me. Some people kind of have this pragmatic view. Well, when I don't coach, I go somewhere else. I die. I'm, I turn into dirt. Nothing matters. Um, I'm I'm not like that. You know, I want my I want people to tell my kids someday, man, your dad was great. Your dad mm -hmm. did this. He did that. He did that. So they're proud, right? Mm -hmm. Like as weird as that sounds, that's important to me. Yeah. So. Um, and my reputation is very important to me. Sure. So I try to live accordingly and I'm certainly flawed like everybody else, but I try to try to do a decent job. You mentioned you're mentoring women a lot lately too. And that's something I want to talk about because I don't know if it's talked about enough, but like women's progression within the sport of bodybuilding. I look at the Olympia, for instance, and I had this conversation with Matt Porter, uh, you know, rest in peace before he passed away about how at the Olympia they're, they're at the expo. They don't really even get a chance to be on the main stage, which I think is offensive um, in, in some retrospect that, that they deserve the same recognition as the men do too. But in your, in your career, women's progression in, in bodybuilding and fitness, do you, I mean, are we, there's still a lot of room to grow for this. Am I right? Well, when I started, there was no such thing as bikini or figure or physique. It was just bodybuilding. Sure. And the bodybuilders were freaks of nature. Um, they were very heavily muscled. There was an era uh, like the Rachel McClish era where the women were more like movie stars, right? Mm -hmm. They were fit. And then Corey Everson came along and Corey was, was bigger but she was still feminine. She was mm -hmm. still very attractive. She was very pretty. And then Linda Murray came along and Linda was even a little bigger than Corey, but she was still very feminine, very attractive, super attractive, still absolutely stunning, beautiful. And then the physiques just kept getting bigger and harder and bigger and harder. And the IFBB did nothing. They let the women get like that. They rewarded it. So the general population says, I don't want any part of that. They look like men. And the feminine that gave rise so then bikini came along mm -hmm. and fitness, you know, the girls done gymnastics and and then figure came along and, and physique came along. Physique is starting to turn into the old women's bodybuilding. The women are getting very hard, 
Um, a lot of the women on stage have fake hair. They've lost their losing their hair from all the drugs they're taking. Right. A lot of them have some massive issues when they're done competing. You'll see a lot of women that are gone now that were there, the top names, a couple years ago. Um, so it's it's interesting, man. And the figure girls are getting bigger and harder now. Like you, at some point, you've got to stop the women from getting bigger and harder. Sure. Um, it's just a different ball game than men, right? Men can put in male hormones, but when women put in male hormones, they turn more male. Right. And, you know, I've always had a very, um, uh, conservative approach with women and I'm very open about it. And when women come to me, I'll say, look, you're going to be at a disadvantage. I'm not going to put you on test. I'm not going to put you on trend. I'm not going to put you on anadrol because there are male coaches out there that'll do that. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to be, they do. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them out there. So, um, I'm, you're going to be at a disadvantage. I'm just telling you that right now from working with me. Um, so I just I just wish that the whole chemical thing is um, – I, I listen, I love to experiment, right? I did a lot of things when I was younger. I love to experiment. But there's a point where it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. The doses are ridiculous. And a lot of the coaches now that have come into the sport – I don't think they know any better. Like they legitimately think you need 1500 milligrams of testosterone to get better. Mm -hmm. Like they think 700 milligrams is nothing. And it's ridiculous. (laughs) I I don't, I don't know. I think they actually think that in their head because what is, and the problem is it's the young generation that comes now. They, they think that's normal. Like they haven't had somebody like me tell them I did my first show with a 30 CC bottle Winstraw and I won the men's overall. Right. Really? No tests. No trend, no GH, really? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the first year I got to nationals, I'd never taken GH before. The first time I won a state title, I'd never taken tests before. So I think these the younger generation now, they don't even know that. Like they think that all these the, the grandma trend and all this stuff is necessary to compete. And that's just because the coaches don't know any different. The coaches think that's what you have to do. So that part is um is disappointing to me too because you have now you have a lot of health problems. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the guys will say, well, it has nothing to do with bodybuilding. That's kind of the common answer you get. Listen, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But I can tell you there's a lot of guys with hammered kidneys right now. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean you don't hear a lot about them, um, but they're out there. There are a lot of guys with some massive problems with their their kidneys and unmanaged blood pressure and so, you know, it was a little different in the 80s and 90s. Of course, there were the guys that went heavy, but it was the majority of the guys were pretty moderate and they just trained like maniacs and their nutrition was really clean. It's probably too clean. Like like you only could eat plain chicken breast, for example, probably a little too clean, right. but uh, just a little different approach. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got you have great information on your website. It's mountaindogdiet.com. Obviously, you are Mountain Dog One on YouTube with a bunch of different training Videos. I just watched your your leg crusher video from the other day with Corey Vincent, who I'm friends with as well. So you oh guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys killed that. Um, let's let's shift gears to granite and getting into sports nutrition because it's a wild wild west. It's a crazy industry, as you probably are well aware of at at this point. But I mean, you're doing nutrition, you're doing workout plans. Obviously, you're probably having your clients take supplements and you're taking them yourself. At what point do you decide, John? You know, fuck it. I want I want to do my own line. Something that I believe in. Um, probably when I got hosed. Um. Working for um, um, Singerman, sure. It was the pro- was the time where I said, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself. And um, I was always a big supplement fan. Like I remember, I didn't have a lot of money growing up, but but I would sure find a way to save money 
to get to the supplement store to buy my big bags of Mega Mass 2000 yeah, and right. <laughs> Dynamic Muscle Builder. It was interesting back then because we didn't care what stuff tasted like. No, right? at all. You just, hey, does it work? Yeah, it works. Okay, that's all I need to know. You know, um, it's a little different industry now. Like taste has, has become number one with products. But mm. I've always been, I've always loved supplements. I think a lot of them are probably baloney. But I do think there are some supplements that do help. Like they really are beneficial. Um, and I just decided I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, use, try to build products that I would use. Uh, I'm sure everybody says that, but a lot of the companies now are, are run by corporate people who don't really, I mean, they're just dollars and cents people. Yep. Um, you know, you get some guys that are, uh, that really truly care about their supplements. There's, there's several companies I have a lot of respect for, and it's funny. Like I was at a seminar a couple of weeks ago, and there was um, CEOs from multiple companies there. And somebody in the audience asked a question, and they said, "Well, if you couldn't take your own products, whose would you take?" Mm -hmm. And they were just like, "Oh no, I can't say." Like they were very hesitant to say. I, I will tell you, like, I love supplements. I'm taking different company supplements all the time. Right. You know, uh, I, you know, there's a guy named Ben Hartman and owns a company called Morphogen Nutrition. Yep, I ben love Smart. a lot of, I love Ben's, a lot of his stuff. I love some of the proteins that um, Ambrosia's putting out. Mm -hmm. Mike Sheen, those guys, I love that stuff. Like, I have, I love a lot of the life extension stuff, the Gero stuff. Um, I take all kinds of stuff. Sure. And, um, but for, I love, so I guess what I'm trying to tell you is I love supplements. Like mm -hmm. I really do enjoy supplements. And even though I've got them pretty much for free since the nineties, I still spend an inordinate amount of money at the supplement stores every month. Sure. Um, you know, so I just love supplements. I wanted to give it a try. It's a tough business. I've learned a lot. We're in our third year now. And, um, it's been an interesting uh, interesting go at it. It's, I've learned a lot, man. A lot of lessons have been hard learned. Yeah. They're very hard lessons, but, um, we're doing really well now and we wouldn't be where we're at if it weren't for those hard lessons, which is how life is, right? Yeah. You, you know, that's how life is. You learn hard lessons and you can either fold up your tent and quit or you can learn from it and you can get better. Right. And that's no different in the supplement industry. It's interesting. I had a conversation with Chris Gethin too at dinner one time, and we talked about the the role of supplementation in your overall nutrition plan. And we said, like, if your diet's on point, your exercise is where it needs to be. Supplements can give you the extra five to ten percent of a performance boost that you're looking for. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And and that's what I and that's what people like me want. You want that extra five or ten percent because mm -hmm. what I wanted my whole life was I wanted to hit my genetic potential. Right. Like I want to get better and better and better and better until I hit my genetic potential. Like that, that was my goal my whole life. And so if supplements can give me a five to 10% uh, better chance of that, or it can get me to that last five or 10%, then hey man, I'm all for it, you know? Um, but I would agree with that. Yeah, you guys have, under the Granite line, you guys, you guys recently just rebranded it as well. Didn't you have a new look to the supplements? Yeah, we rebranded a little over a year ago. Okay, that's what I thought. And, um, uh, but we've really, in probably the last eight months, it's a it's almost like a brand new company. We um we have a completely different staff. We have very I don't actually the only holdover we have from when we started. Oh, let me turn this off. Yeah, you're good. 
Um, the only holdover we have is one of the other owners in addition to myself, but we, um, we as in me, I made some bad decisions and I brought on some people I probably wouldn't have, shouldn't have brought on. Sure. And, um, so we had to make some major changes and we did, man, we made some major changes. We essentially started over and we, we rebranded, but the rebrand was, um, I, it wasn't real popular, but now it's working really well. Right. You know what the interesting thing is, is so, you know, you work somewhere like at the bank, like where I was, and you try to find people that have really good experience, right? Like if I'm going to have you do this function, you need to be damn good at it. Correct. Yeah. And I try to apply that in the supplement industry. I tried to find sales reps that had been sales reps in the industry before. I tried to find marketing people that had been marketers before in this industry and the approach really kind of backfired on me. Sure. Um, I, I hired some people that were um, this not good employees. So shame on me for not doing more due diligence, right? And then I changed my mind and I said, you know what? I'm going to start to build the brand around just good people. Like supplements, they're really not rocket science. Mm -hmm. um, let me just get really good people. So we kind of changed our marketing or not our market. We kind of changed our hiring model and we started to just build a company around good people. And when we did that, it's the best movie my comp move my company ever made. Sure. Since we've done that, we don't I like the stores. You could probably see the stores are behind us now. Mm -hmm. They love what we're doing. We've got all of our stuff off Amazon. So, you know, I had salespeople that were selling stuff to Amazon resellers that were undercutting us yep. and things like that. We've really cleaned up our act. And I have no, I mean, I know a lot of brand owners probably would hate to have this conversation with you, but this is honestly, this yeah. is what happens in the industry. Right. So we've shut off Amazon pretty much. Like there's nobody coming through now buying stuff and undercutting stores. So you see this, the stores are behind us now. Mm -hmm. um, we've got better customer service. So you see consumers are getting behind us again. Um, so we really have some good momentum. We have some new things coming out. Uh, but now we're really kind of hitting our stride. This month, actually, July is the best month we've ever had in our company's history. That's awesome. And I think August is going to be even better. So we're really excited now, man. It's a different company. Um, we've always had good formulas. Like the formulas were never the issue. Right. The issues were beyond the formulas. Mm -hmm. You know, some companies do great, but they have terrible formulas, but they have great margins, great right? Mar you know, great margin, great they have great margins. They got yeah. a $4 product, right? Yeah. Um, but, um, so the formula was always good. It was the way we ran our business that was that needed a lot of work. For sure. So we're getting better. Um, we're doing a better job. It's paying off. We need to keep doing a better job, and we need to stay true to who we are. We need to continue to live with good people and um, you know, just kind of build from there. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, I look at your formulas are great, and then we're, we're big at FI too, and when we talk about the sports nutrition, nutrition size, like let's, let, let's look through a bullshit marketing and let's look at these formulas. Are people spending money on something that's actually going to – give them that five to 10% or are they spending money on something that just like, looks cool and they feel cool taking. Cause there's a big difference between the two and big you guys difference. are, you guys are a big brick and mortar uh, brand. You guys have your grant supplements.com. Any plans to extend online retail or are you, or you really love to support that brick and mortar model? I will not. Um, it would take, I can't think of any scenario where I would get, people undercutting our brick and mortar stores on Amazon. We, we sell on Amazon, right? This protect map. Yeah. It makes total to sense. Protect map. Yep. We do that, but I can't think of any scenario where I would let anybody come in and sell on Amazon. 
for us. Now, there are some customers we have, like uh, Mark Lobliner, for instance, sells on his on his website. Tiger Fitness, yeah. Um, but Mark does a phenomenal job of protecting maps, so I have no issues there. Um, but as far as Amazon goes, no plans to change that. We'll just, uh, as far as brick and mortar goes, we're expanding that. We've got great partners. We got a big event, a natural body next weekend. Um, we've got an event in Toledo, Ohio with Jay Cutler actually this week, the, nice. actually this weekend. Um, the weekend after we do the natural body event, we're going out to Rexius. Rexius has a great presence. Yeah. Everywhere out there. Yep. So with Tim and folks, we've got, and then we've got a, uh, we just started the business with Nutrition Corners, not not the one in Virginia Beach, although we just start did start with them. Oh, great! The other Nutrition Corners up in like Massachusetts. Yep. We're going. We've got an event that we're going to do up up there here pretty soon. So, um, look, the stores are what help you get your brand name out there, mm-hmm. and a lot of the companies will use that and get their name out there, and then they'll just start doing all kinds of bogos and crazy deals, and they'll pull people to their website. And that's, that's unfortunately what a lot of these cheap brands, the marketing brands do. But until the stores stop doing business with them, they'll continue to do it. And then right. the stores get mad and they go, well, I can't believe they're doing this to us now. Well, you let them in. Yeah. And this guy's done it at every company he's been at. Right. <laughs> so, um, but I, I have a love for the stores. I still go to the stores all the time. Um, I go to the stores sometimes to buy my own products. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's weird. I'm like, no, man, I want to support you. I appreciate you supporting me. So it's just a, a little thank you. Um, we're redoing our website. It's almost done. It is absolutely phenomenal. And in probably a month, you'll see one of the coolest websites Very cool. that you've ever seen in the supplement industry. We've been working on it for about six months now. Okay, awesome. Um, and we have like, and we have a we have some new stuff coming. We have a protein powder coming out in Q4. That's a blend. Um, it's milk, beef, whey, egg. It's a really cool blend. It's a different blend. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a very cool blend. It's got, I put a, I put a really good dose of digestive enzymes in it, put some good protease in it. I'm using some clean cream in it to get some healthy fats in there. Sure. Um, MCT powder, avocado powder, one or the other, but, um, we've got some new flavors coming out, um, uh, of the pre-workout of the aminos. We're doing. We're probably going to change some of the formulas a little bit to make them even better, without even changing the price. We now our business is going well enough that we can buy in a little bit more volume, yeah. so we can get a little bit better cost of goods. Mm-hmm. And with a little better cost of goods, you know, I work with people now that are really excited. They want to make a difference. So instead of saying, "Okay, we'll just take the extra money and run with it," they're like, "Hey, you know what? Let's add a couple things that make sense to this product, so it's even better now without changing the." Yeah. Without even changing the cost, so nobody will see any increased cost. But we're making it even better. So I work with some really good people now. Um, I got some real good co-owners uh, to share my vision, and they're they're sharp business people. So um, really cool stuff happening, man. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, you should be. I mean, it's a great line. It's going to keep expanding. Uh, the protein sounds super interesting, and obviously, always improving is kind of the goal. And that's that's like your mantra with training and nutrition too, right? You you don't go to the gym trying to be the same as you were yesterday. You want to improve. Same with the supplement, especially in this industry because it's ever-changing. There's a lot of these upstart companies that are very innovative doing some really unique, cool things. And it's yeah. cool to see you guys staying on top of that too. I'll see you at the Natural Body event if you're going to be there. Awesome. I'll be out there covering that with Steve and the rest of the crew. But I appreciate you coming on. For those listening, obviously you guys can support John. GranitSupplements.com is the supplement line. But if you're looking for coaching or plans, that's over at uh, his, his website, 
uh, the official website, which is mountaindogdiet.com. Mountain Dog One on YouTube, over 207,000. That's crazy. 207,000 subscribers on YouTube and all the views that you get. So um, your final question then. You said you want to leave a legacy. What is yeah. the legacy that you want to leave whenever you set off into the sunset? The biggest legacy is how I treated people. And um, I, I think there is... I think there are some pretty cool things you can take from my story. I think everything I've had to do, man, I've, nothing came easy for me. Um, I mean, everything from my athletic career, I was an average kid that worked really hard to be just a little above average. From a bodybuilding perspective, 16 tries at pro qualifiers until I finally made it. At some point, you're going to see that with the supplements. You're going to see a guy who had to grind forever mm-hmm. before they finally really made it, but I know we will. Um a legacy of not quitting, of not blaming others, of just, you know, just putting your head down. But I also want to leave a legacy, man, that I just love people and I love social interaction. Um, what what good is all the success in the world, man, if you don't have love for other people? Um, it just It's just useless, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, I never had a mom or dad. I want to be a good father. I, I would love for my kids to someday go, man, I had the best dad in the world. That's really important to me. But above anything else, man, it's just like, what kind of connection did you make with people? And, I, you know, I was having a discussion with Paul Carter today. And we were talking about business. And I said, I thought I shut that off. I said, I'm, I don't have any, like, really special knowledge. I think a lot of it is just I can connect with people. Um, in a lot of cases, I know how they feel. I've been there. I know what it's like. Um, but it's getting harder to connect with people because if you look at social media, people don't even sit down and have dinner nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like just the basics of, of the family unit are breaking down. Right. Being able to have a conversation with people sitting down. I mean, when's the last time, you know, a lot of people ask them this, when's the last time you just called somebody to just talk to them? Like literally just called to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, you know, we always called all the girls we liked. And we'd oh, yeah. sit on the phone with for two or three hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine just randomly calling a girl now and talking to her for three hours? Like, uh, it doesn't happen. Like, it doesn't happen now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, there's a lot of things that I want to leave a legacy on. I stand, I stand up for what I believe in. Um, there are certain things that I believe in that um, I, I won't compromise on it um, in terms of just personal beliefs I have. But uh, stand up what you, for what you believe in, love other people, be a good dad. Like those are the things that I really hope someday that people associate those with me. Like when they hear my name, I want them to think, oh, man, that dude had a big heart. He really cared. You know, he loved his family. He was, he was a very fair business guy. He brought a lot to the industry. He taught us what concoction bowls were. He taught <laughs> us what the Meadows Row was. Yeah. So there's some kind of some cool little things now that I see that I think I've made a little bit of an impact in the industry. For and, sure. Um, I think it's pretty cool. You know, yeah, so. man. Well, you're definitely well on your way. I mean, you're already there. So you've done, you've accomplished so much. You've done enough. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit and chat with us. So um, thank you so much. Really, 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 really appreciate it. My pleasure. Guys, that was John. Meadows, the OG, the man that's well-respected within fitness and nutrition, the guy who has his pro card, 
literally an open book, man. He does not hold back from talking about things that are, that that he believes in, and I I respect the hell out of that, and I respect the hell out of John, and I'm glad that I've struck up a friendship with John. Um, uh, and obviously, when this podcast comes out, I've been hanging out with John at the Natural Body Block Party in New York City. I hope to extend and expand on that relationship with John. And um, in terms of our podcast here next week, we filmed a bunch of content at the Natural Body Block Party, so fully expect somebody or a collaboration between many people at the Natural Body Block Party being our next episode of the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Um, you know, it's 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 good stuff. It's great stuff. I'm glad I get the opportunity to go out to these things and to, you know, be educated myself from people who have done so much and, and have accomplished so much more than I have at this point in my life. I'm 32 years of age. You know, I'm just going into my first bodybuilding show coming in the spring. A lot of the people at the Natural Body Block Party have competed before, so you guys are going to get a good look at my connections as well because I guarantee I'm going to get advice from people within this industry that's going to help me be successful on stage. People like Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is going to be making a cameo in the Driven documentary. It's very cool. It's very cool that they have agreed to come on the documentary and do some cool stuff with me. So, you know, guys like John Meadows, hoping I can get him on, Jay Cutler, maybe Ronnie Coleman, Branch Warren, plenty of people who have done it before me. And, you know, it's just amazing, again, as I said in the opening of the show, that I have this opportunity that I've been, you know, that I've been presented this opportunity to bring the correct information to a, an audience of people who give a shit. And I appreciate your support. And if this is the first time listening to the podcast, you, know, you don't have to do anything. But if you want to hit that subscribe button to help us out, that'd be great. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, you can help us out as well by writing a review. It helps out the algorithm so more people can discover the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. And just support, man. Come back to the, you know, every week to listen to these podcasts. Go to fitnessinformant.com. Check out all the content information we have there. That's truly what's important to me is that you get and you digest the information in which we provide, which is going to help you make better informed decisions when it comes to your health, fitness, and nutrition. Until next week, I am Fitness Informant founder and CEO, Ryan Buckey. We hope you were informed. We hope you live fit. And everybody, as always, hang loose.